from the word of the Lord, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 17. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us, and by his grace, give us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. From the Old Testament, Job chapter 19, verses 23 through 27. Oh, that my words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll, that they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead, or engraved in rock forever. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Amen. Thank you, Heather, for reading our verses this morning. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Job chapter 19, and we're going to look at a couple verses uh, from that passage that was read for us uh, today, and all of the scriptures for this weekend are inside of your bulletin along with the questions uh, for study, and so you can uh, see all of them in there, and on the back, it's blank, and there's going to be several things that are on the screen today that I would love for you to write down, and so there's a pen in front of you, uh, grab that, and uh, again, what, a, what an honor and a privilege it is to have a Celebration Brass with us today. I know they're already gone, probably in the lobby, but if you can hear us, thank you for being here this morning. And uh, just so you know, they are going to be doing a special Christmas concert with all Christmas music uh, Sunday night, December 15th. So if you'd like to be a part of that, um, I don't know, but it, that just they sound so good. Uh, this morning. Maybe it's because Mark Merrill was sitting in with them. I don't know, but uh, no, that was very kind of them to let Mark uh, sit in and, and play with them. But let's open God's Word together today. Have you ever had that moment when you realize that you, ha you have no idea what's going on? <laughs> You're like, how did that happen? How did I get here? That, that moment that you just you just don't know what's happening. I was driving back a few Saturdays ago from our men's conference down at Danny Dodge's with uh, 
Garth Heckman was leading it. It was a great time, but it was Saturday, so I needed to drive back Saturday afternoon to get in, back in time for uh, Saturday night church. And so it's down in Matson, Illinois, and so I get on uh, the Tri-State Tollway, start coming up, and it was raining, and I thought traffic on a Saturday wouldn't be so bad. Ha, <laughs> ha, right, no. So I start going, and it is bumper to bumper, and it slows, and then it stops. And then it slows like a creep again. Okay, we're moving again. And then it stops. And I'm convinced that there is an accident up ahead or there's lane closures or something's going on. And then for no reason, we just start driving fast and we start going fast. But then it starts slowing down again and comes to a stop. And uh, I was just trying to figure out, losing my mind, trying to get back in time for church on Saturday night. So I looked up online, and a few years ago, uh, the Oxford American Magazine investigated, uh, and they, they had an article called Mysterious Traffic Stops and Starts. The, like I was talking about that, that slowing down, stopping, going fast. And, and so they got together traffic engineers to study the data and see, why does this happen? You know, why, why do they have the slowdowns and the stops, and then it speeds up, and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason? And so they had a bunch of uh, theories that they put together, and they tested them, looked at all the data, and this is what they concluded. Their conclusion was, they don't know. <laughs> they said, we honestly just don't know. It just happens sometimes. For no apparent reason... And so that's our answer. We don't know. I don't know about you, but that, that answer really bothers me. <laughs> There's got to be a reason, right? There's got to be a cause. There's got to be a, a purpose of why this happens, because it feels like that in life, doesn't it? You're just trucking down, everything's good, it's going well, and then all of a sudden, you slam on the brakes. Okay, what is going on? And it appears to happen out of nowhere, and it doesn't seem to have any good meaning to it. And, and that's what has happened to Job. If you don't know the story of Job, you can just go to the middle of the Bible. It's right there, and, and most of the story is right there in the first chapter. You can read it, but you have this guy who's traveling down life's road, and he's just speeding along. He has a great life, a great family, a great job. He's rich. He's blessed. He's just, he is just trucking down life's hall, uh, highway, and then all of a sudden, it hits the brakes. He skids out. He's left sitting on the side of the road with his life just in this heap of rubble. And seemingly for no reason, it just all happens at once. And Job doesn't suffer because he's a bad person. In fact, the devil even tells us that Job was righteous. He suffered because he was righteous. So it didn't seem to have any meaning to have a life where you end up losing absolutely everything, including his precious children. And so at the end of the chapter, when he goes through this and, and his life just hits the brakes and he's, he's sitting there, this is what he says after everything that happens. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, but that statement alone amazes me. That 
through all he's been through in that first chapter, he can say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And there's something that I, I noticed in studying Job this week that I hadn't noticed in years past. Because I've studied Job. We've preached sermons on Job. And he's saying, I want a meeting with God. And I want to, I want to see him face to face. And I want, you know, and it, so you, you get like, well, that's what must, Job must be about. But what I realized this time as I was studying Job, that, that Job always put his faith in God. In the good times and the bad times, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Even when his friends come along, and that's actually the most of the stories, his friends come along, and they were so quick to offer advice, weren't they? They knew what was wrong. They knew what happened. They were going to tell him. They were going to explain to Job what his problem was, assuming that Job had done something wrong, and because that's why you go through difficulties, right? That's why you have to hit the brakes. That's why bad things happen in life, because you did something wrong the problem is a lot of times when you're trying to explain why something went wrong, you start venturing to territory that there just are no good answers for. And human wisdom starts to fail, and it's like, how could this be? And it seems like the longer you talk, the less you know. And sometimes this happens when you get too many explanations, is your faith starts to get shaky. Because it's like, I, I just... I. I I can't explain this. I don't get it. I don't understand. But the thing about Job is that in the darkest night of his life, Job is holding on to hope. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That Job's faith was like we sang today, it was unshakable. That there was something inside of him that he knew God was true. And so we fast forward to our scripture for today right there smack dab in the middle of Job with all the accusations and all the questions and all the answers. And, and just right there in the middle, this is what Job says. He says, for I know my Redeemer lives. In the worst moment of his life, when every finger's pointing at him, when he doesn't have any answers, he says, I know my Redeemer lives. And I see the faith in Job that someday he will be vindicated. He knows in his heart Someday, God is going to show up. He knows that God will come to his defense. He doesn't have to defend himself. God will defend him. And he wanted that face-to-face -face meeting with God, not because he lost his faith, but because every other answer didn't really help. He just wanted to see God, to know God, to understand a little bit more why is this all happening. And the thing I love about Job in the very next verse is Job just believes that he'll be vindicated even if he dies first. Even if he dies without being vindicated by the Lord, he knows that he'll be vindicated because in the next verse, verse 26, he says, after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. He is going to show up for me, whether in this life or the next life. God is going to show up for me. That's why I'm unshakable. That's why I have strong faith. And like Job, we can have that strong faith. And today, especially in the New Testament, we can have that strong faith because Jesus is your Redeemer. Jesus has a firm grip on you. He's paid the price. He's taken care of everything. He is our Redeemer. Just as God was going to be the Redeemer for Job, Jesus is our Redeemer. Let me just give you a few verses today. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 14. He is 
so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us with it to be his own people. He did this so we would pray, give him, or we would uh, praise and glorify him. In that passage, he says, I, I purchased you, I, I forgave you. That the Spirit is our guarantee. It's our inheritance. All these things are covered. They're taken care of. Even if you're going through the worst moment of your life right now, your inheritance is guaranteed. You're covered. You're taken care of because God's got you. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, it says, With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. You are secure forever. No matter what's going on in life right now, I want you to know you are secure forever. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from an empty life and, inher and you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. God paid the ransom in full. He is your Redeemer. So here's the first thing I want you to write down today, and that's this, that our hope for today, tomorrow, and all eternity is Jesus. That's our hope. That is what we hold on to. That is the good news in the bad news world. When life starts and when life stops, and when it all happens for no apparent reason, our hope today, tomorrow, and all of eternity is Jesus. Now and forever, put your hope in him. The second thing I want you to write down is that Job realizes an important lesson here that a life of obedience to God doesn't guarantee a life with no problems. I think we could all say amen to that, right? A life of obedience doesn't guarantee a life with no problems. Problems come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, and, and there are those moments where you... You have to tap the brakes and, and life slows down or comes to a crashing halt. It's those trials that are, are physical trials in our body or maybe they're emotional trials in our heart and in our mind or they could be a financial trial that you're trying to get through or maybe it's a relational trial. Uh, just that relationship with someone else is just not where it should be and all of these trials are in our lives, and we don't understand. It's like, God, why is this happening? But that's where we say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I know my Redeemer lives. I know that my hope is in Him today, tomorrow, and forever. The next thing to, to write down is that God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes a hurt. Now, this doesn't mean that God causes the hurts in our lives, because He doesn't. Sometimes there are things that we do that cause hurt or people have done to us that cause hurt. And sometimes there's hurt for no apparent reason. It's just part of life in a broken world. But God uses those moments in our life, those hurts that we have, to shape us and to mold us into the image of Jesus because Jesus has felt everything that you have felt. And it's through His suffering that He saved us. And sometimes when we have hurts and we have sufferings, that God will use that to actually make us like him. Because there will be moments in your life where you are lonely, where you are tempted, where you are broken, uh, where you are stressed out, 
where it doesn't make sense, and all of those moments in our life, God will actually use to shape you and mold you to be more like Jesus. So I just encourage you to embrace that hurt that you're going through. And it's like, I can't give you a reason why, and I don't want to stand here like Job's friends and tell you, well, you did this or you did that. It doesn't matter. God is your hope. Jesus, today, tomorrow, and all of eternity is your hope. Put your faith in him. Because a lot of times we ask the question, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through such a a difficult time? And and like I said, I don't know. We live in this weird, broken world. But I want you to remember this. Earth is not heaven. This is not your final destination. This is not where you put all your eggs into this basket. This is temporary. There's eternal life coming. And we live for eternity. We don't live for today. We don't live for what would make us happy, what would take away a little bit of the hurt. No, we we live for eternity because that's how God thinks for us and how he moves in our life, that this is not all there is. There's something bigger. There's something better. There's something, and you may say, well, I want some justice. Like Job, I want some justice. And, and God says, look, there will be a day, we read it from Second Thessalonians, there'll be a day when he returns, he's going to set everything right. He's going to judge the living and the dead. He's going to wipe away every tear. He's going to set things right. That is coming some day. So this is not all there is. So we continue in faith. We continue in hope. And when we are in the midst of suffering, we don't waste it. We wait and we worship. And while we're going through these difficult times, we increase our faith like Job, even in the midst of utter destruction. Because let me tell you, your faith is key to your survival and success in life. Your faith is key to your survival and success in life. The next thing I'd like you to write down is that as the struggle increases, so should faith. As the struggle increases, so should faith because that struggle could get bigger in your life and harder in your life. But when that struggle gets stronger, so should your faith. And the reason is, is because when the struggle gets stronger, it's actually going to destroy you. The harder the struggle, it's just going to begin to bring you down farther and farther and farther. And that's why we need our faith to increase so it builds us up and up and up. So we need our, our, our struggle, or we need our faith to grow with our struggle. So if your struggle is big, your faith should be big. That's how it works. You can't let it take you down. Because listen to me, here's the big one. It'll be on the screen. Faith reveals your source and your security. Faith reveals your source and your security. You want God to be your source. He want, you want him to be your security. He's paid every price. He has, he has guaranteed the inheritance. He has done all that. We've already read all those scriptures. He's our source. He's our security. When all of a sudden these things happen and you begin to get shaky and that faith starts going down, that will reveal where your source and security is. And our source and security must be in Christ alone. Today, tomorrow, and forever. He needs to be our source, our security, and when the difficulties in life come, don't ignore God. Because sometimes that's the first thing that we do. When it gets hard, we run away. Don't run away. Run towards him. 
Worship Him. Get close to Him. Have faith. Increase your faith. Increase your relationship with God. Draw on Him and, and, and or draw close to Him and He draw close to you. Let Him reveal Himself to you because when you have faith, He will reveal Himself to you. My favorite, favorite verse in Job comes at the very end after he's had that audience with God and it's that powerful moment and he says this in Job 42.5, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes see you. He's saying, I thought I knew who you were, God, but now I really know who you are. I thought I had a good relationship with you before, God, but now we're really close. Because it's that suffering that led to faith, and that faith led to that deep relationship with God. So sometimes the harder things you go through, it's actually God's producing something even greater in your life, and you will know him in an even deeper way. And so when life gets hard, and when it doesn't make sense, instead of looking for explanations, draw near. Be still. And know God. Put your faith in him. He's the way, the truth, and the life. His promises are yes and amen. So no matter what goes on in my life, I say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I know my Redeemer lives. Amen? Amen. Bow your hearts with me, and we're going to sing a song in just a moment. We're just going to sing, raise a hallelujah. We're going to raise a hallelujah in the middle of our enemies. Lord, today we are going to bless your name. Whether we realize what's happening in our life or we don't, whether we understand or we don't. God, today we raise a hallelujah, as Job did. And we will say, blessed be the name of the Lord who gives and takes away. But God, our hope is in you today, tomorrow, and forever. We belong to you. You've got us. And we hold on to you this morning as we sing. God, thank you for your word. Increase our faith as we sing right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand as we sing together this morning?